Good afternoon. Of doing good. I mean, you say no. But do you get tired of doing good? I posted on my Facebook page a picture from the Louisville Metro Police Department, supposedly. Uh, it's a picture of this table, and it has 20s, 10s, 5s, and 1s all lined up. How many 20s? How many 10s? Dollar bills. How many dollar bills? Quarters, nickels, dimes, and pennies. $287 and some odd change. This, quote, homeless person, transient, they picked him up for public intoxication. And that was the money he had collected in one day. $287 and some few cents. And he sits on a five-gallon bucket and has sat at that particular location for days and weeks. And the caption was, if you want to make a donation, donate to a, a good and sound mission work in our, in our good city or to your local congregation or church, which will then uh, have the resources to question the, the appropriate people to see who has a real need for your hard-earned money. All these cardboard signs said is, homeless and in need, please help. $287 in a day. Now, I'm not going to ask a show of hands at how many of us make $287 a day sitting on a five-gallon bucket. I wouldn't want to do it even for $287. I got a call a few days ago from one of our members who said, I met a man in at Walmart, and he's traveling from wherever to Colorado. He has $120, and he needs $17 for a bus ticket home. And if he just had $17, he could get his bus ticket and be on the Greyhound to Colorado. And Mickey, uh, first, I, don't, I didn't have any money, but I thought of the church. Is there any way we could help this fellow? I said, well, if you can buy a bus ticket for $137 to Colorado, I will pick up the bus. Now, can I pick up a Greyhound bus? And you can't buy a bus ticket to Colorado for $137 either. But, I mean, I didn't go call Greyhound to see I said, but I'll tell you what, what, what I will do is jump in my truck and go, and I have authorization to buy him a bus ticket 
to Colorado, and he could keep his money. So I drove over there. He described the fella. He was sitting there, and, and I walked up, and I said, Sir, uh, I'm the minister at the Waterson Trail Church of Christ. Uh, are you needing a bus ticket to Colorado? He said, Yes, I do. And he pulled out $120. He said, I have $120. If I just had $17 more, I'd be able to get that bus ticket. I said, Today is you have been blessed by God. I said, I've been authorized to come and pick you up and your belongings, drive you to the bus station, and purchase your ticket to Colorado no matter what it costs. And you can keep your money. I said, you'll need food, you'll need other things on the way. He said, uh, but I only need $17. I said, maybe you didn't hear me correctly. I'm going to buy your bus ticket to Colorado no matter what it costs. And you can keep all 120. My truck is right here and ready to go. Let's get your stuff. And he began to make excuse one after the other as to why he couldn't go right now. I said, do you have family here? Oh, no, I'm on my way to Colorado. Well, then there's nothing keeping you from going right now to the bus station. Let's find out when the next bus leaves, and you can be on it. Well, sir, I'm not ready to go right now. I said, I'm offering you what you requested to fill your need from, a, from the good church at Waterson Trail and a ride to the station. He said, well, I can't go right now. I said, okay, what about this evening? Can you go this evening? I'll come back over here. I said, we don't have services tonight. I'll come back over here and get you. Well, no, no I, can't. I, I don't know whether I can go this evening or not. So I said, well, here's where we stand. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this one more time. I've been authorized to buy you a bus ticket to Colorado wherever you want to go, no matter what it costs. And I will take you to the station and see you off. You can keep your money to spend any way you want. He said, I'm not ready to go right now, so thank you anyway. Now put two and two together. Our good brother who was there, a member of this church, would have been very easy for him to pull out a $20 bill and hand it to him as six people had already done because he's been using the same story over and over again. Only $17 is all I need. Now how many of us men in here, I don't carry much cash, but occasionally I do, I see somebody and that's all they need, $17? And it puts them over? Who wouldn't want to do that, right? Who wouldn't want to do that? Man, you could get back home. He's pulling at every heartstring you've got. Down on his luck. Clean fellow. Had a little chihuahua with him. Cute as can be. Introduce me to him. He's not going to Colorado. Has no intention to go in Colorado. As soon as he's finished at Walmart, he'll move to Lowe's 
my wife has always said that there's a business going on with a manager and 10 employees. They meet every morning. The manager discusses where to send each person and they send them out to the corners. At the end of the day, they come back together, all 10 of them. They put all their money out and they split it 11 ways. Do you like what I'm saying? It's not pretty, is it? It's much e it would have been much easier for me as a Christian and as a gospel preacher and as a member of this church to drive up to him, hand him a $20 bill, shake his hand, have him tell me what a good Christian I am and what a great church we are and find out the times of our service so he could attend. I would have driven away feeling so good that I had helped someone in their plight in life. I would have got behind this pulpit and said, as a congregation, we have done very well this week, helping someone on their way home to Colorado. You would have felt good, I would have felt good, while the whole time the devil himself is taking what God has given. So please... Let's not. Has that affected me? It, I've been doing this for uh, going on 30 years as a gospel preacher. And I have seen and heard everything you could possibly see and hear until the next one. Then I'm always surprised. But the reason I caught this story is this is the third time someone is asked for funds using the same story. Not the Colorado story. It was Atlanta. And not $17, it was $7. Because they could get a 10. All I have is two fives. All I have is 10, all I have is 20. You have any change? No, sir, I don't have any change. We'll just keep the 20. It makes a preacher feel like quitting. Not quitting the ministry. Just getting so hard in our hearts till we say, you know what, dude? You're not getting one red cent from me. And then when we, when we go that far, then some people who are truly in need that we could help, God will hold us accountable to. So I, as a Christian, I try to start fresh with each person I talk to. When I approached him at the Walmart parking lot, I had a clear conscience and a clear mind and ready to take him to the bus station and use our credit card here at Waterson Trail to buy his bus ticket. And then I would have had to answer to the elders if it was $690, if he had called my bluff. But see, so he was bluffing and so was I in a way, just to see. When I got back here at the, church, at the building, I called our brother in Christ. He said, was it a scam? I said, yes. He said, you know, in my gut, I was afraid it was. He said, it just didn't sit right with me. I said, well, congratulations. 
you saved yourself 20 and I saved the congregation 20. Now you can spend your 20 and I can spend our 20, or we can, on something a poor person is truly in need, a hungry person is truly hungry, or a person, a poor person that needs help. Or we can send some money to a missionary. Whatever it is, we're going to spend the money because God has given it to us. But we want to make sure we ask the right questions and, and do our, what do they call it, due diligence? Too many of us want to just, you know, we, God expects us to do better with our money and our time and our energies. You, it, it's easy just to roll down the window and throw a $20 bill out the window. Maybe some poor person will find that 20 and get something good out of it. But you think that's God's plan? No, we don't want to leave money out everywhere for people to find to get help. God has given us what we have, a good mind, a good voice, to share with them more than just dollars and cents. So, the passage is just simply this. Let us not grow tired while doing good. Don't grow weary. The word here in New King James Version is weary. You know, something that wearies you is a two-year-old. Right, Elizabeth? You can grow weary. It's kind of wearing you down. When you get, when you, you know, especially as a Christian, we see person after person after person. And we, we tend to think, you know, the, the last nine people that we have been tried to be kind to have just kicked us in the behind. That tenth person, you're not going to kick me this time. But that's not what God is telling us. God is saying, look, approach every person with a clear mind, a clear heart, with grace and mercy. But at the same time, with common sense, and the wisdom that you've, all these other cases that, we've, that I've experienced and probably you have too, teaches us wisdom. It teaches us to ask questions. Remember me telling you not too long ago about the young lady who came in and I was here. I, I, don't, I think Brittany was here, but I'm not sure. She was in the office and she said, I want $10. I need $10 worth of gas. I said, ma'am, we can take care of that. Follow me up here to the corner. It's only a, less than a mile. I will not give you $10 worth of gas. I will fill your car up. Whatever it costs, $20, $30, $40, whatever it is, follow me. I'm in this red truck. Follow me. Go, go to the station. We'll fill your car up. She said, well, I only need $10. I said, I thought you needed gas. You needed $10 worth of gas. I said, because we're not going to give you any money. Well, why not? I said, because I love you, and I know you will not spend it on gas. You will spend it on something that will hurt you. I, I know that you can buy drugs for $10. One hit costs $10. She said, is there anyone else here that has $10 could give me? I said, ma'am, we don't have any money in the office, and I'm not, I'm not even going to ask Brittany. We're not going to give you $10. She went, <sighs> turned, and walked out the door. 
It would have been easy. Let me go through the same story. It would have been easy for me to give her $10. It felt so good that I've helped a woman. No. I'm not giving her $10 so she can OD on drugs. On our money. No. She may die, but it won't be because I've given her the money to die on. Now, there was another lady, and, I'm, and then I've already gone too long. She needed gas. All she had was a dollar. She came over and got a box of groceries, but she did not have gas to get home. She said, I came here before and got a box of groceries, and the church helped me with gas. I said, we're not going to help you with gas this time. You assumed too much. I said, you can't come in here assuming that we're going to just give you what you need or want. That's not the way we work. She went over to the Walmart right over here, and she sat there and called a friend who called the office again. She said, my friend really needs gas. And so I hopped in the truck, and I went over to Walmart. First I had to find her. I thought she was at the marathon, but she ended up at Walmart. She was sitting in front of the gas pump, and she had pumped $1 of gas in her car. And she was crying. That's the kind of people we want to help. The people that truly need gasoline to get home. I gave her one of my cards and I said, next time you're by here, we want, to come, want you to come worship with us because that's what you need. And we stood there and talked for 15 minutes. She hugged my neck, said, thank you so much, you've saved me for today. I said, it wasn't me, it was God and your persistence. And I explained to her how about how many people that come through here that just want to take what we have. They don't really need anything. There are people that need. We just have to ask the right questions. So don't, don't grow weary. Keep doing good. Because so he says, says uh, let us not grow weary while doing good in due season. Uh, one translation said, at the proper time. And I always think that's God's time. When God thinks it's right, you will reap because you kept on keeping on and you didn't grow weary. You didn't give up. He says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all. Now, what does doing good mean? Wouldn't doing good, I mean, even though the person that has to answer, ask, the person that has to answer the questions, they don't always think it's very good? Because when I'm asking questions, they're saying, do I have to answer all the, I mean, literally, do I have to answer these questions, preacher? I mean, are you going to give me the money or not? I've actually had them say, I didn't come here for a sermon. As we have opportunity, let's do good and keep doing it. I'm not going to stop 
asking questions. If you can't ask, if you can't answer the question, I don't know what to say. But if you answer the questions and are truthful, we'll help you. Especially to those who are of the household of faith. What does that mean, household of faith? The church. So our first responsibility is to our Christian family. So now be careful with that too. People have learned to talk the talk. Be careful with that. I, I love our brother Willie. One day we were, we were here and a, uh, the couple came in about 30 minutes late to catch the hat last part of the service. That way they wouldn't have to say for the whole service. And so he welcomed the men. They wanted to talk to the minister, of which that's fine. Willie talked to me and says, can you stay after and talk to them? And would you like me to stay with you? I said, could you do that? That would be great. Everybody else left almost. A couple of people stayed. I think Dan stayed. And Willie kind of stayed out in the lobby. We stood right over here and talked. And I asked, I asked the same question three times in a row. I said, where are you from? Where are you going? And what do you need? And then he would talk for a few minutes, and I said, where are you from? Where are you going? And what do you need? On the third time, Willie came from the lobby into the room. He, he said, you know how Willie is? And I went, See, that's sign language. I stepped back. He said, our minister has asked you this. You know how Willie is. He can, he can be, he can be a, a police officer pretty quick. Our ministers ask you the same question three times, sir, and you have yet to answer it. I'm going to ask for you to be quiet, and I'm going to talk to your girlfriend or wife. And he, and he said to her the same three questions. Where are you from? Where are you going? And what can we do to help you? The man butted in and Willie went, I ask you to be silent. And he said to her, I think we need to leave. And Willie said, I think that's a good idea. And they both went out to the door and got in their vehicle and left. What else can we do? Where are you from? How, is that a really hard question? Where are you going? Is that really hard? And what do you need? Let us not grow weary being the Christian we want to be. Jesus said it this way. Be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. A serpent 
I'm thinking of a rattlesnake. Are you talking about something that'll hurt you? But you know what a rattlesnake does when you're stepping in where you don't belong? He has a tail that goes He's saying to you, Sir, you might want to go another way. If you take another step, he goes, and he might even move out a little bit, raise his head. You might want to go another direction. You keep coming, you've left that serpent no choice to but to protect its young, its territory, its home. Be wise as a serpent. That, that serpent doesn't want to hurt anybody, but he will. Be harmless as a dove. You know what a dove, I mean, you can't even get hardly close to a dove. It flutters away, right? I love to hear the call of a dove, you know? Of an evening or of a morning. You don't get anything more innocent than a dove. Be harmless like that. But be wise like that other. And that's what we're saying when it comes to who we are as Christians. You know, we just want to make the world a better place to live. But we're courageous. We're meek and gentle. But we're strong and we're persistent. We're meek and step back, but we also are brave. What makes us that way is Jesus Christ. I'm sorry to make a short story long, but I need it, and so do you, to be reminded what God has given us. In John 10, verse 9 and 10, we find that the devil has three purposes. Do, do any of you know what the three purposes of the devil are? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's the enemy we face. And we have to use the wisdom that God has given us, grace and mercy and love that God has given us, to not yield and not be enticed by someone and his minions whom we know has a primary purpose to steal from us our joy, our blessings, and even our souls if he can. To kill our relationships, our marriages, our minds, our hearts, and to destroy the relationship we have with God. Jesus, however, has come into our lives, into the world, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. If you don't have that life, you can have it tonight, this afternoon. We have a song picked out to encourage you to examine yourself, make the change you need to make. And you can come as we stand together, as we sing.